Hello and welcome to the Teachers Inspire podcast for 2022. Organised and run by Dublin City University, Teachers Inspire is an Ireland-wide initiative that seeks to celebrate teachers and to recognise the transformative role they play in our lives and in our communities. My name is Louise O'Neill and I am delighted that I have been asked once again to curate and share with you the many uplifting stories about teachers who have made a difference in your life. Check out these stories and more on the website teachersinspire.ie. Teachers Inspire started in 2019 and there were over 400 teachers from all over Ireland nominated. It was an amazing response and a reminder to us that influential teachers have the ability to change our lives. One of the awardees that year was Sinead O'Mani. Sinead still teaches at the Midwest School for the Deaf in Limerick. She was nominated by Rachel Broderick, whose son, Daniel, is now aged 11. Inclusion in education is a theme that comes up time and time again in the nominations to Teachers Inspire. And I know that inclusion and acceptance are very important to Rachel and Sinead, who both join me now. Welcome. Thanks, Louise. Hello. Hi. Um, now, Rachel, we actually, we mentioned your nomination before on the podcast um, and just, I suppose, about how Sinead had such a positive impact on your son, Daniel. So would you like to remind you know, the listeners, what was it about Sinead? Like really mortify Sinead now because she's on the line. <laughs> I want you to really embarrass her here now. OK, Rachel. Um, so would you remind our listeners what it was about Sinead that um, I suppose motivated you to nominate her in the first place? Um, I, oh yeah, it is, it is kind of a hard one to answer in front of Sinead because I suppose the beauty of Teacher Inspire is that you can write it <laughs> and someone else will speak it for you later on at, at an award ceremony um, and you can just act like um, that was all fine. But for, for us, I just think Sinead is a fantastic teacher. I think she approaches things with a real empathy for her students and a, and a real um, kind of a questioning inside herself. How do we how do we approach this particular student? Very, very much so a person who looks at the individual and uh, tailors it for them. So, I mean, I suppose Sinead is probably like an expert at um, changing education for the person the education needs to reach. And, uh, and that was really kind of why I really wanted to, to nominate her um, and to have her kind of celebrate it because I just think that was a really, really, um, it's a rare but brilliant quality in a teacher. Yeah. And can you tell me a little bit, I suppose, about how that impacted Daniel? Um, for Daniel, because Daniel is deaf and he has autism as well, he is definitely a very, very unique little man. Um, and he had a lot of struggles being in that kind of environment um, to kind of be challenged as well because mm. he liked to do things his own way. Um, but Sinead knew when to approach, how to approach him um, so that whenever he, he had to kind of tackle something that was challenging, he didn't become oppositional. He kind of wanted to prove himself um, and wanted to kind of feel independent and feel proud of himself. So she kind of brought out the best of him, I suppose instead of challenging him, you know, and, and kind of making it a, a battle, you mm. know, she brought him along and, and found things that would interest him from like Paw Patrol mats and, you know, <laughs> having a little place in his classroom that had photos of his dogs on the wall so that if he wanted to storm off, he kind of had a moment of real home away from home um, and then could come back, you know, that he had a space to escape to, but it was a safe in the classroom, really close by. And he always came back really quick. Well, he 
eventually get back really quickly to, <laughs> to the main subject um, because you know she knew, she knew that you, you, you couldn't chase him that he had to come back himself and I just thought that was all it was all yeah. lovely little things that came together like there's thousands it's so hard to pick one thing because nothing worked yeah. alone it was yeah. the tapestry of of kind yeah. of little things that, that worked for Daniel and I mean Daniel kind was only four going and very very young to start and wow. yeah she was very good yeah um, and how is Daniel now? Like, do you know, do you still do you still talk about Sinead or about Teachers Inspire? Well, you know what? We Daniel do. doesn't we want do to talk know about me now. Sinead. He's all grown up. <laughs> You're not cool anymore. My... Sorry, no, Sinead. No, no, I'm the junior teacher. <laughs> what would you say, Rachel? I, I was I was thinking about this the other day and I kind of thought it's kind of like being a good parent. It, it's a testimony to you that you prepare them so well that when they move on from you, they're not looking backwards. They're like, no, I'm ready for the next <laughs> thing. You're you're for babies. And that's a testament <laughs> to doing it well. If you're a good teacher, your children will move on to the next teacher and not not need to come back. So I thought, yeah, yeah, he definitely has moved yeah. on now because she needs the younger kids. Um, and he definitely feels more grown up and stuff. But I think it's a testament to him that he can go in with the older kids and that he has little friends that he kind of pals around it and that he got to go with kind of his peers. Um, so, yeah, no, like, yeah, definitely we do talk and we do see the school because I think the school is phenomenal. Like you could you could have every teacher in that school um, nominated because they're cut above. A, like it, that is no lie. Um, they're just brilliant, brilliant. Um, people but yeah we, we had such a wonderful time having Sinead um, and she really like she really made his formative years so so solid wow I mean Sinead how does it feel <laughs> <laughs> I mean I'm impressed so I want to know like how it feels for you sitting there you know listening to um, a parent talk about you in this way <sighs> um Honestly, uh, even like at the time, I think I just was, it was very unexpected to be singled out. And like, even just like in the Midwest School for the Deaf where I work, you know, we have special needs assistants in the classroom. We work together. Everything is kind of collaborative. And also like the conversations that Rachel is talking about that we would have had, like I got half of my ideas from Rachel, you know, and like you try things and they don't work and you try something else because you know that's that's what you do and I got also half of my ideas from Daniel because yeah. I suppose you see what what's working and you know you go with that so it it's very hard to take credit for something you know for, to kind of just accept all of what she's saying and I, Rachel knows this too that it's not just me that it is a team and I mean the school I work in I do think I mean maybe I, I'm biased but it's very special like in that the teachers are very um we all work together. We all like I'm constantly going into one of the other classrooms going, oh, you know, after school going, I don't know how to deal with this. Have you any ideas? Have you met this before? You know, this came up today or or equally like you're going into another classroom saying, oh, wow, you know, I saw your student doing this today. That's amazing. You know, they weren't able to do that last year or, you know, yeah. things like that. It's just that's the kind of place it is. So it's so collaborative that to be singled out was tricky. Like I, I kind of struggled with it. But at the same time, then I read, so I asked Teachers Inspired to send me Rachel's nomination because to be honest, I was kind of going, how, like, I don't understand. Um, and when when I read it, I think it really meant a lot. Yeah. And at the time, I was a bit overwhelmed. But like later on, even, you know, even still, I still have the email. Like, I'll go back on a bad day and kind of just look at it and go, OK, I did something right. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And can I ask you? I suppose, why um, this particular area of education, you know, I mean, like, why were you drawn to working um, 
with deaf children? Why is inclusive education so important to you? Honestly, how I got into it was almost accidental. (laughs) I kind of did a placement in the school and just absolutely fell in love with the place. Um, So so that was kind of how I got into it. But I feel like... um, I suppose I see, I've, you know, I've, I've been teaching long enough now to see students come in, you know, to us at three, maybe into early intervention um, and then move up through the school, through our primary. We also have post-primary and then graduate at 18. Um, and that, like, it's just a real privilege to kind of be able to witness that journey, first of all, but also maybe kind of support it in some way and, and kind of know that you've contributed in some, in some way to it. Mm. Um, and I think that's kind of what's so special about our school and also inclusive education in general. Um, you do get, like, I feel like you get a deeper insight because we do have smaller numbers. I could have, like, I, I taught Daniel for four years, um, I think. And you, you just, the relationship is very strong. You know, you do get to know them so well. It's, it's, we say it's like a family. It sounds like a cliche, but like it very much is. Um, and I suppose, yeah, it's, it's, it's just so important to me to see, you know, those students reach their potential. Um, Sinead and Rachel, I want to say thank you so much for coming on the podcast. And I really appreciate the, the two of you just sharing your story and um, talking to me today. Thanks. Thank you. No problem. Thank you very much, Louise. So our chat with Rachel and Sinead has, I think, reminded us of just how important inclusion is in education. So many nominations have spoken about how a teacher allowed a child or student to feel like they were important and that they mattered. Just as Sinead did when she made that extra effort with Daniel. DCU has a school of inclusive and special education on its St. Patrick's campus. And Elizabeth Matthews is an assistant professor there and she lectures in inclusive and special education. And Elizabeth joins us in studio today. How are you? I'm great, thanks. Thank you so much for coming today. Thanks for having me. Um, I'm really interested in in hearing a little bit more about this. And I suppose firstly, why did you decide to go into this area of education, but I mean, especially deaf education? I suppose for me, um, I don't have any personal connection to deafness so this began very specifically with an interest in sign language and I think I I had an interest in languages generally in in how we use different languages to communicate with different people and that brought me to sign language and a desire to learn sign language Um, and I had the opportunity to learn American sign language while I was living in the US for a while and it was through studying American sign language that I learned about the history of deaf education Mm. and that really was the turning point for me where I became um, I suppose captivated by this this really deep social injustice that there had been in in the history of the deaf education um, system, um, not just in the US, but we see it replicated across the world, where many deaf children had been denied the right to use sign language, and that was something that really um, struck a chord with me. And uh, why? Sorry to interrupt you. Why were they denied the right? I suppose there there was a period of time um, where success for deaf children became synonymous with. Um, learning to speak, mm. 
Okay. And using sign language was seen as as some sort of threat to that. Um, and and there there would have been periods in in the deaf education history, if you look across the centuries of of deaf education, where the emphasis would have very much been on on spoken language acquisition mm-hmm. and on successful spoken language attainment. And for various reasons, you know, if you look back through you know periods of say even eugenics um, in history, where sign language would have been seen as as a lesser language compared to spoken language and deaf children would have been discouraged from wow. using it um, in in the Irish context here you know we have have quite a lot of documentation around things like you know deaf children being um, discouraged from using sign language or being let's say even encouraged to give it up for Lent for example oh or gosh. you know that it was that is so Irish <laughs> <laughs> just that it, it um, didn't have the same standing as spoken language would have had in in the education system so I suppose it was that it was that um, injustice and that, you know, the very, very much um, pitching one language as being superior to another language Mm. that that struck a chord with me. It might be as well because I'm an Irish language user and, you know, I had an interest in in minoritised languages anyway. But but this issue with sign language really struck a chord with me. Yeah. Leading on from that, like, why do you think it's important that education is? Well, firstly, I suppose, why is it important that education is inclusive? And secondly, how has it evolved to be more inclusive over the last number of years? That's a big question. Um, And I think, you know, when we start to talk about inclusion in education, it's important to maybe tease out what we mean by inclusive education. Mm. Um, And part of the problem there is that inclusion has has become synonymous with mainstream for a lot Mm. of people and that to be included means to be in, in your local mainstream school where actually sometimes your most inclusive environment might be a school for the deaf. And, Mm. you know, we've heard the clip there from Rachel and Sinead and um, you know, that, that sometimes to be included means to be with your peers who are the same as you and who use the same language as you. So, you know, when you ask about what's the, the importance of, of why education um, needs to be inclusive, you know, I think we all want to be in a space where we feel like we belong. And yeah. that, that really is what an inclusive education is. And that can be in a mainstream environment, but it may also be in, in a different type of setting. You asked as well about, you know, we've we've come a long way in terms mm-hmm. of inclusive education. There's no more gi- asking children to give up sign language for Lent, I would presume. Uh, no, we've, we've moved beyond that. We've moved beyond that. But, you know, there's there's a degree to which we still need to examine as, as a country and, and in our education system, whether or not we still prioritize one language over the other or view one language as being superior to the other and you know I think that there is work that that still needs to be done on putting Irish sign language on an equal footing with spoken English and ensuring that deaf children you know who use either or both of these languages aren't sort of seen as as separate or different or or unequal that Mm. you know that there are many different ways to be deaf Mm. and you know if you're a deaf person who speaks English that that is as good as, but not better than being a deaf person who uses sign language yeah, to communicate. That, that yeah. these are these are all um, different varieties of, of of the deaf experience, and all need to be respected. I'd love to hear a little bit more about the pilot program, the BEd in Irish Sign Language. So this is a pathway into the Bachelor of Education for Primary Teaching. So this is, you know, the BEd, which would be a very well known program for where a four year program where students come in to become primary school teachers. Mm. And there are a couple of different pathways into this program. Um, but we have developed a pathway for deaf people who are Irish sign language users to enter the BEd so that they can um, hopefully graduate and go on to become primary school teachers who work in sign language with other deaf pupils um, going forward. 
So prior to this, I suppose there was a real barrier to entry for for many deaf people to primary school teaching, um, because to be a primary teacher in Ireland, as as you probably know, you need quite a high level of the Irish language. If you are deaf and attending a school for the deaf, it's highly unlikely that you will have learned that language because you'll have an exemption from it. Um, So you won't you won't have needed to do Irish when you're in school Ah. and you won't need to have Irish when you go back to teach in that environment because it's not delivered there. As, an, yes, as part of their sort of curriculum. Catch 22, it's a catch it? 22 because you needed Irish to become a teacher. But, but then you won't need it in that particular environment. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, over the course of trying to get this pathway established, anyone that we spoke to could recognise that this was an anomaly, mm. you know, from the Department of Education through to the Teaching Council. They all recognised this is an issue that needs to be addressed because the end problem for us in the deaf education system was You have deaf children coming into a school environment where they are unlikely to be taught by teachers who are fluent in sign language. So if you have deaf children who are using sign language as their means of communication, um, they're highly unlikely to meet a language model in their primary schooling who has as good a level of sign language as Mm -hmm. they have. And this was a real um, difficulty for for deaf children in terms of their own linguistic development and their educational attainment. Um, So we needed to address this and and we decided to, um, within DCU, we we worked with closely with partners like the Department of Education and the Teaching Council to uh, bring this pilot group through a pathway where they don't need to have Irish to enter this programme, but they need an equivalent level of Irish sign language on entry yeah. so we assess their ISL um, before offering a place and they come in and they go through the four year B.Ed. programme they're, they're just starting fourth year now so most of their lectures are with their hearing peers um, in, in those usual lecture or seminar environments and then they do um, a specialism in deaf education and they take a number of modules in Irish sign language um, in, in lieu of doing Gaelga or Irish language yeah. modules so we hope that at the end that we have this cohort of highly qualified um, yeah teachers who have done the B.Ed. And and one last question, um, Elizabeth, you know, what difference um, will it make for deaf children to have a teacher who who is deaf? I think this is that has the potential to be huge. Um, this this can be a game changing moment in in the deaf education sector to have deaf teachers enter the primary school system for a couple of reasons. I think for deaf children coming into the school, they will see a teacher who is just like them for a start. So, you know, the the bar is raised immediately to know that I could be a teacher someday. they'll see their language being used um, in a professional context by a professional. And, And even at the at the school level, you know, it's not just about the impact that it will have on children, but it has the potential to change the whole dynamic in a school when you have deaf professionals enter the staff room and enter the workforce. And, you know, we have a fantastic um, range of deaf people who are working in other areas in this field as special needs assistants or in other roles. But the, the potential for impact when it's a teacher, when it's someone who is managing the classroom environment, who has input on the pedagogical approaches that are to be used in the school, um, who can advise on communication. I just think that this is something that has been needed for so long in this sector in the Republic of Ireland that I can't wait to see the change that this cohort of student teachers bring about once they're working in, in those schools. Yeah, that's absolutely incredible. Thank you so much, Elizabeth, for coming in today and for speaking to us on the Teachers Inspire podcast. It was lovely to be here. Thank you. I'm Louise O'Neill, and thank you for joining me for this episode of the Teachers Inspire Ireland podcast for 2022. 
You can hear all of the episodes wherever you get your podcasts. And you can find out more and maybe tell us about a teacher that made a difference in your life at teachersinspire.ie. Until the next time.